Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. When I started researching to prepare for this episode, I found myself getting really inspired. I wanted to begin with a single quote about clutter and space and ended up discovering a few that I would actually like to share with you here now. Louise Smith says, you can't reach for anything new if your hands are still full of yesterday's junk. Katrina Mayer reminds us that when you get rid of clutter, you may just find it was blocking the door you've been looking for. And Wayne L. Meisner says, Keeping baggage from the past will leave no room for happiness in the future. Removing the old to make room for the new is a very powerful step in the process of healing. Our guest today, Sarah Grace, is here to talk to us about breakup organizing and the importance of transforming and embracing your space after a life transition and how you can begin this in your own space right now. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk with Sarah Grace. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Sarah Grace is the creator of the revolutionary breakup organizing method that supports individuals in reclaiming their physical space after any type of significant loss, whether that be the ending of a romantic relationship, the loss of a loved one, or even a job transition. Sarah is also the founder of Embrace Your Space, New York City, which specializes in residential organizing for individuals. Sarah brings a background as a teacher to every client interaction, transferring skills and fostering skills and new habits that will help individuals take control of their living environment. Sarah, thank you so much for being here to talk with us today. It's a treat to be here. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to talk about today because it's kind of a, a fun way to heal, to transform, to start a new life. And so I'm really excited to bring this to to everyone that's listening. Wonderful. Yeah. So let's start with uh, you just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you started doing the work that you do and why you're so passionate about it. Sure. So back when I was a special education teacher, organizing was a hobby and then eventually a side hustle for me. And it's always been something that I really enjoy, you know, creating calm and order out of chaos. Right. I was that kid who would go over to my friends' houses and clean their rooms for them. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was also a coping mechanism for me during my parents' divorce. I went back and forth between their two homes every two weeks or so, and I took a lot of comfort in setting up my spaces to quell some of the chaos of the divorce. Mm. So you can imagine how delighted I was as an adult to find out that organizing is a profession, yeah. actually an entire industry. And so I started out by doing a lot of closets and kitchens and helping busy New Yorkers make the most of their tiny New York spaces and helping them move and settle into their new homes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So I just want to highlight the point about when you were a child, it really helping you kind of calm down the chaos. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just so powerful. And I know that's 
kind of where we're going to be going with this today. But it's really interesting that you experienced that as a child and how you've brought that forward into your professional life. So yeah, and just as the quotes that you mentioned earlier kind of hint at, there's a real symbolic, powerful meaning behind the act of organizing and decluttering, that it's a releasing the old and welcoming in the new. And it seems at first glance like it's a very concrete, straightforward kind of task, but it also has a much deeper, more profound effect on our lives. Yeah, I mean, just even in, in energetic terms, you know, how much space we have, and it's just this releasing of old energy, it really does open space, right, mm-hmm. to allow in some of the new. Yeah, when I was prepping for this, my idea was I'm going to have this one quote, and I'm just going to like start it with that. And I was getting so inspired when I was researching for our discussion today. And so that's why I included a few quotes, mm-hmm. because it really is a lot more powerful than I think most of us give it credit for. And that's what I love about it. The On the surface, the concrete task of taking control and making decisions, and then also the way to go deeper with that and have it really ripple out into other areas of our lives. Yeah. So tell us what breakup organizing is and why it's important for really anyone going through a life transition. Sure. So Pretty early on in my organizing journey, I found that people who came to me were going through major life moments, not just in need of a closet makeover or general decluttering, but people in the midst of major emotional upheaval. And this was mostly the dissolutions of relationships, but also loss of loved one, empty nesters or job transitions. And the beautiful thing about this is that it mirrored a powerful experience I myself had had, Mm. um, which brings me to breakup organizing. Um, I have a mentor who I work with and one of the things she says is that we're all here to teach others what it is we ourselves need to learn. And that's certainly true in my case. Yeah. I do this work because I have lived it myself. I'd gone through a deeply painful breakup of my own. Um, it was very upsetting and quite dramatic and ended a seven-year relationship. And the healing and the ultimate moving on that came Um, was a result of a lot of work I did with resetting and transforming my own relationship with my space. And I mean, we see this play out in a lot of other ways, right? Some of us turn to our relationship with food or our bodies or finding a new career or calling to help us kind of get unstuck and empowered. And um, there are many paths to healing. But for me, in that terribly painful moment when everything else felt very unsafe and out of control, I found solace in my space. And for me, it became a constant and kind of became like a primary relationship for me, my space. Mm -hmm. And I was able to transform it into a vehicle of healing. That's amazing. I mean, a vehicle of healing for yourself and then now for others. Yeah. So as I went through the process, I became aware of how powerful it was. And as I sorted clothes, I was sorting through my feelings and I was reflecting on my things and my space and the significance of everything that I had invited into my life. Mm -hmm. And every night I would come home and I would kind of look around my space and I would remove items that was reminding me of, of him. And I was filling holes that he had left behind when he moved out. And I was adding in pieces that now reflected me. And I began kind of crafting a space and by extension a life that really reflected me in a life that I loved. And every decision became about what was in the service of my highest self and my happiness and my fulfillment. And the magical thing was that after I went through this journey of reclaiming my space on my own, I was introduced to others who seemed to be longing for the same sort of experience. And so that's really how breakup organizing was born. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I too went through a divorce about nine years ago. And 
it never even really occurred to me just how powerful the space around me was. Mm. And one of my very best friends just instinctively came in one day and she was like, we need to at least change your bedroom, your sheets, Mm -hmm. your, you know, just what you're seeing, the colors and just start there. And I thought, you know, okay, whatever, that's fine. We can do that. That's fun. But once we did it, I couldn't believe how powerful it was for me to be able to look around and see things that I had purchased, things that Mm -hmm. meant something to me um, and didn't remind me of, you know, everything has a story, right? And so Mm -hmm. super powerful. So it's amazing that you've created something around this. It's such a simple shift, what you described, but so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... I've come to believe that the space around us is often a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And so the really neat thing about my work is that I get to see this incredible transformation play out first Mm -hmm. on the inside and then also see it ripple outside to other areas of our lives. So our space can reflect what's happening inside of us, but it can also affect it and create powerful shifts as you just described with your bedroom. Yeah. So one of my favorite clients of all time uh, was Roberta, and Roberta was about three years into her divorce following a 44-year marriage when she called me. Mm -hmm. And at that point, she had already reclaimed her living room, her dining room, her kitchen, but she just couldn't bring herself to step foot into the bedroom that she had shared with her husband for over four decades. Mm -hmm. And the former master bedroom had become a dumping ground for old paperwork, family memorabilia, household items, really anything that brought up unpleasant feelings. And Roberta had moved into one of the guest bedrooms and she had found a way to exist in the apartment without ever having to interact with her marital bedroom. And, you know, it was almost like she just stockpiled that room with so much junk that she wouldn't even be able to enter it. Right. So she called me with a critical surgery um, coming up and she enlisted my guidance in tackling this room so that her daughters and her friends could use it to stay there with her during her post-surgery recovery. And almost in passing, Roberta mentioned to me that she had recently kind of been on a path of looking into her mother's Mexican heritage, and she'd been to Mexico and just been there to connect with that part of herself. And that really sparked something. And then we determined that we could reimagine this master, old master bedroom and turn it into her Mexico room mm. as a way to honor the heritage of her mother and her identity and really breathe some life back into it. So during our time together, we not only blessed and released items and residue from her marriage, but we transformed this room into this whole new space. And it turned into a peaceful sanctuary that really lived up to the Mexico room designation. But it also took on a new name. And friends and family who came to stay with Roberta started calling it the healing room because it was just so serene and calm and peaceful. Mm. And Roberta actually ended up moving back into that room herself after the surgery, which had never been part of the plan. But really signifies that was once too painful to even step foot in really became an important tool in in helping support her to heal and move forward. You know, what's so powerful about that is we talk about healing, you know, obviously for ourselves, but when we heal, we really do heal past generations and future generations Mm -hmm. to come. And in that one small room, the amount of healing that she did for herself and then extended out to her family is, I mean, it's invaluable. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Such a, a nice physical representation of the shift that also happened inside. Yeah. I love that. 
And then a lot of the time, you know, of course, there are kids involved when it comes to divorce. Right. Um, and that was the case with another client of mine, Alyssa. So she reached out to me when she was preparing for the daunting task of moving out of her marital home. And she and her husband were splitting and she enlisted my help for the move in setting up both her new apartment for her and her kids and also the existing apartment for her ex and mm. the kids. And so over the course of a week, Alyssa and I went through their five bedroom home and we packed up what was meaningful to her to bring to the new place while also setting up the existing space so that it wouldn't feel like there were holes left behind by her. Right. And then we moved into the new space and set it up as consistently as possible for the kids transition. And the focus the whole time was on how to make this transition as smooth as possible for the kids who were like, five, seven, and 10 mm, around there. Right. And there were some hard decisions to be made about, you know, who kept the family scrapbooks, how to split the toys between the homes and, and even how much of this process to expose the kids to. So I helped Alyssa navigate this and it was intense, but it was very successful. And they're now set up in their new space. The kids are adjusting to the routines and, and both spaces are now loving, supportive spaces to come home to. So what could have been a really chaotic and upsetting time was instead a really intentional and loving transition into their next chapter as a family. Yeah, that's what really stood out for me was the intentionality of it. You know, it's how much do you involve the kids? You know, mm -hmm. what do you bring? All of that is really kind of a judgment call. You know, it's each person will make that decision, but the intentionality of it, the conscious choosing, that I think is what makes that stand out and is so powerful, not only for her, but for her kids. Yeah. Such important groundwork to lay for what's to come next. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing those really powerful sure. stories. So, there's a five-step process that you use called space. And what I'm excited about, not only with you sharing this, but people who are listening can actually start to implement this on their own with this method that you're going to talk to us about. Yes. So breakup organizing is a multi-day, intensive, immersive experience that goes way beyond just the stuff. But I did want to give our listeners some organizing tips today that they can implement right away. So I'd love to share with you the five-step process that I use. Yeah, that's and great. as you mentioned, uh, it's an acronym for SPACE. And this was a process that was designed originally by Julie Morgenstern, who's one of the pioneers in the organizing field. So SPACE stands for sort, purge, arrange, containerize, and establish a maintenance system. So I'll walk you through the steps. Okay. So first is sort. When we're working with a space, we pull all of the items out of the closet, the kitchen, whatever we're tackling, and we sort all items, putting like with like. We're not making any decisions yet. We're just simply sorting. Okay. So just like creating piles, pulling it all out. This is where mm -hmm. you get to kind of have fun and get messy, I think, right? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Make piles. I always have stickies with me, so I'm always making lots of labels so that we can sort things just very preliminarily. And then we move on to purge, which is when we actually start making decisions. During the purge stage, we toss anything that's no longer usable. We donate, consign, recycle anything that is usable, but does not need to be in our space any longer. And because I find that often we can more easily let go of items if we know they're going to a good home. So mm. thrift stores are a great way to pass items on to homes where they'll be used and loved rather than just taking up space in our closets. Yeah. And, you know, I imagine as I'm looking at this, that 
the sorting is so important, not only, you know, the fun of getting messy, but sometimes I'm thinking it's easier to purge when you see everything you have, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if it's like sitting there on the closet by itself, it's almost like you're afraid to get rid of it. But if you see this pile, then it's like, oh, okay, maybe I don't need that because I have this. And right. Yeah. I have how many black leggings? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't need all 50 of those. Right. Yeah. And also... When you pull everything out and you see the magnitude of everything, there's kind of like a switch that flips and you're like, okay, it's time to like get control over this. And it's easier to make decisions when you really have the lay of the land and you see everything laid out. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So for people who are interested in like consigning or selling items, a Mm -hmm. few sites that I use that have been really helpful are OfferUp, The Real Real, ThreadUp, and Buffalo Exchange. Those are all great resources for selling items. And then, of course, if you're donating, you can always, you know, get a tax deduction for that as well. Yeah, that's great. So that brings us to A for arrange. So on a very basic level, this just means we're putting back what has earned its place in our space with the items we're using the most often in the most convenient spaces in the grab zones, which are chest and head height. And then lesser use items will go up high or down low. And keeping like items with like and making sure that we have items of meaning and significance out where we can get to enjoy them, not boxed away and forgotten about gathering dust. For this part, I like to say, put some music on it. Let it have, you know, let this be a fun part of the process and putting your space back together in a way that delights you. And we know that, you know, on the surface, we're putting things away, but on a deeper level, we are laying the foundation for our new life and our new space because we've let go of the old and we're really making space for what's to come. Yeah, I love what you said at the very beginning of this about of arrange, which was things that have earned our space in our life, mm-hmm. things that have earned space in our life. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Things need to earn their place in our space. Yeah. Or yeah. They yeah. Go. And especially where I work in Manhattan, space is a premium. And so we can't afford to be holding on to things that are not adding to our lives. Yeah. It's, it's just a mind shift. It's something very simple. But when you think about mm-hmm. that in that way, if something is going to be in your home, it has to have earned its spot. I, I, right. It's very powerful. Yeah. Okay. So we arrange then. And then we containerize, which is the fun part. Yeah. People <laughs> often like to get ahead of ourselves and we go buy items before the process. But I really say that this is better saved till the end because it's only at this point that we actually know what's staying in the space and how to best store it. So once we've determined what's staying and where to best put it, then we'll measure the space, measure the items to make sure that we get the proper bins, baskets, hangers, files, whatever we need. And I like to say that containers are natural limit setters. So when a bin or a space is full or overflowing, that's your cue to go through it and pare down again. Hmm. It's like a boundary for space, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's awesome. And then we wrap up with E for establish a maintenance system. So we finish up by putting into place routines to help the newly organized space stay tidy long after I'm gone. And sometimes I say that getting organized is like doing the laundry. You can't just do it once and expect that it's done forever. It's a system that needs constant attention or you'll just be right back where you started. Right. So we figure out habits that are most conducive to how you live and how you use the space. So it could be Mm. the one in one out policy for clothing or setting a five-minute timer every evening at the end of the day to pick up you know, items and put them away. One of my favorite authors, Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project uh-huh. and just came out with a book called Outer Order, Inner Calm. She likes to say that tasks that can be done at any time are often done at no time. 
So she suggests that anything that can be done in less than a minute should be done right away. So that's, you know, hanging up the shirt that you decided not to wear today, washing that dish you just dirtied, tossing the junk mail when it comes in, hanging up your coat when you walk in the door, small things like that. Just do them right away without delay. I know when I am productive in that way, they're like little wins. I know mm-hmm. after I do like a bunch of those tasks, I, I start to like feel momentum and yes. like patting myself on the back, like, man, I'm awesome. Like I'm getting totally. all this stuff done. <laughs> yeah. It's like what they always say about how the most successful people always make their bed in the morning. It's yeah. like those small things that really make a big difference. That's so true. That's so true. Okay. So I'm going to take a really quick break right here. And then we are going to be back with Sarah Grace, and we're going to continue talking about breakup organizing, and we're going to just talk about some of the challenges that, you know, listeners might face when they do take on the task and the possibility of breakup organizing their own space. So we'll be right back with Sarah Grace. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce... The most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We're here talking to Sarah Grace about organizing your space after a life transition. Um, Sarah just finished talking to us about her five-step process called SPACE, which is sort, purge, arrange, containerize, and establish a maintenance system. And now, you know, I just want to kind of talk to our listeners about some of the challenges that maybe they'll face. You know, I imagine that things come up or things get in the way. So what are some things that they can expect could come up for them? Well, one thing I hear a lot from people who reflect on their experience of divorce, because this is such an overwhelming, confusing, chaotic time, Mm -hmm. uh, that they look back and they regret either holding on to too much stuff because they didn't have the bandwidth to face it at the time. So they end up keeping much more than they should have, which means that they have this monumental task of sorting through it years later. Or in an attempt to just make a clean and easy exit, they leave behind items that they later wish they hadn't forfeited. Yeah, I can relate to the latter. I think I threw away things thinking, oh, I'm purging and I just threw it all away. And there are, you know, almost 10 years later moments when I'm like, darn it, you know, I really Mm -hmm. wish I had that. I really wish I would have held on to it. Yeah, we're not really working on all cylinders. No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) So what could I have done differently or, you know, what can our listeners kind of, is it enlisting a friend to help them maybe? Yes, definitely the support of a neutral third party who can show up with no private agenda, just wanting to be there to support you and help you make this decision from a place of real intention. Because I hear from people in the midst of the craziness of divorce when they're up to here with you know legal proceedings, arrangements for the kids, finances, everything that's going on. 
is that thinking about their stuff is like the last thing they think they can handle. Yeah. And they always think, I'll just deal with that later. But I actually think this is like the right moment to handle this. Taking this moment to get clear on what you want allows you to then move forward into your new phase with clarity and feeling more empowered, not weighed down by the baggage of all of this stuff and all of these decisions that are then looming over us. Yeah, it's almost like if you can start with something that is as simple as your stuff, it's almost, again, like before you were saying, picking up momentum so Mm -hmm. that you gain that momentum and you're able to then allow it to overflow into these other, you know, areas of your life. Yeah, for sure. And it's also about looking at how can we see this differently and where can we see an opportunity that would otherwise be dubbed a tragedy. So maybe moving to a smaller space becomes an opportunity to live with less and become unburdened by our stuff or an old engagement ring that would otherwise just collect dust and remind you of what didn't work out becomes thanks to worthy exactly (laughs) for a new endeavor. That's something that's really meaningful to you, like a trip or starting a new business or moving to a new city. So it's about getting support and then also being willing to see things differently and see things as opportunities. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What other challenges might they face? Yeah. So the challenge of taking advantage of this moment to gain clarity and make empowered decisions about your space and your life is a big one. And on a smaller scale, I'd say that the prospect of just getting organized can feel really daunting. There's a reason why it's always the top of people's New Year's resolution lists. It's not easy and it's not you know something you can just do and then be done with it forever. And it's hard simply just looking at our stuff. And it's really easy to become unintentional about our stuff and our space and the things that come into our space. So raising our level of consciousness and evaluating our space and our lives is just plain uncomfortable. A lot of resistance comes up, which is another reminder to enlist the help of someone you trust to be with you during the process. Yeah. It's important to have help because it's so easy to run away or distract yourself with something else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The average home actually has 300,000 items in it which is just plain daunting. So as much as you can do to break it down (laughs) into smaller bites, the more manageable it's going to seem. So either tackling one room at a time or tackling one category like clothing or books at a time, that's going to feel much more manageable. And I actually created a 15 week like scavenger hunt style challenge to help people kind of methodically go through each area of their home to chip away slowly. So if you want to start, but you're overwhelmed and let's say you just have five minutes, then set yourself a timer, tackle a small pile somewhere and dive in. And I think you'll find that decision-making is a muscle. Mm -hmm. So give yourself time and patience as you develop it and it will get easier as you go. And I also find that sometimes it takes a bit of inspiration from other people. So two books that I really like to recommend to people who are looking for a little bit of extra handholding. One is by The Minimalists, and their first book is called Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life, but really anything they've written will be helpful. Mm-hmm. And then the other I mentioned earlier is Outer Order, Inner Calm by Gretchen Rubin. So those are two great resources for people who want some inspiration before they dive in. Oh, that's great. What about the scavenger hunt? Is that something you do with your clients or is that something, is it like an online? Yeah, that I believe is available on my website. Um, I'm also happy to provide that to anyone who wants to email me directly. Okay, great. And we'll provide that information at the end. Um, You know, just as you're kind of, you know, talking about this, what really has dawned on me is this is really an act of self-love. 
not only self-love, but self-care. I think that yes. a lot of times we think about self-care, like going to get the massage or mm-hmm. taking the bubble bath, but it really is about respecting your space, creating mm-hmm. boundaries, like, and getting clear, right? Like doing yes. all these things so that we can be our best selves. And so it's just a really beautiful act of, of self-love and self-care. Yeah. And being comfortable with learning to make decisions. What do I want in my space? What do I want in my life? Yeah. You know, what is it costing me to have, have things come in that I haven't invited? That question, that very specific question, what is this costing me? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm a a coach as well. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the questions that I use and ask all the time because I don't think we really think about what certain actions or things or behaviors or people mm-hmm. are costing us. And when we think about it and we really get down to like the cost, it's like, wow, it's a completely different perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I think that's brilliant. Okay, so this is a question because we're coming to the end here, but I ask all of my guests this question just from your unique perspective, right? Because you are in this space, you're meeting with people, you are inspiring and influencing and all of that. And so from you to our listeners, what is possible for those who are listening when they are willing to take the step in transitioning their physical space? I really believe it is possible to emerge from the chaos and the pain of divorce with clarity and the support in place needed to thrive. And just like decision-making is a muscle, I think that letting go is a muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes over time. Mm. And I certainly know that to be true when it comes to stuff. When we go through this process with the concrete, with our space and our stuff, knowing that as the muscles build, the skills ripple out into other areas. And as we become more clear and intentional about what we want in our space, we become more clear about what we want in our lives and we make wiser choices and we live a life of greater awareness and intent. And I've found that it's a very powerful process of discernment. As your space takes shape, you realize that you've suddenly learned what's important to you and that you're capable of making decisions in alignment with those choices and designing a life that you love. Mm, I love that. And I love what you said about letting go being a muscle as well that you have to develop. You know, we hear about decision making and making choices and all that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, letting go really is something that we need to develop and does get easier with the more practice we give it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. We're at the end. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah, I would like to simply say, don't underestimate the power of your space to support you or sabotage you. Uh, I learned that when you make decisions about what you want in your space, it becomes easier to make decisions about what you want in your life. And you know that saying, how you do anything is how you do everything? Yeah. Well, I so believe that. And you'll discover that your space is a reflection of you. And it's about inspiration and nourishment and comfort. And when you find yourself in your own moment of a breakup, whether it's someone you've lived with for four years or a marriage of over 40 or you've lost a job or a loved one, it's so important that you use your space to consciously support you. Mm, Thank you so much. How can our listeners follow up with you? My website is embraceyourspacenyc.com. 
gmail.com. They can also email me at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at embraceyourspacenyc.com. And anyone who wants to get their hands on that 15-week scavenger hunt, send me an email. I'm happy to send it over to you. And then I'm also on social media at embracespacenyc. Awesome. It's been such a pleasure having you here and talking to you. And uh, I know our audience is going to get moving on their space and start sorting, purging, arranging, containerizing, and establishing that system for maintenance. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah Grates, for joining us today and to all of our listeners for tuning in. Next week, we'll be joined by Carrie Davidson, the first of a four-part series where we'll be taking a deep dive into how to use a very specific roadmap using modern science, ancient Chinese medicine, and a whole lot of love in order to heal and thrive. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you be able to find us. You can find out more at worthy.com forward slash podcast.